Hi, welcome to Tamiwa Oluen Podcast. Thanks for downloading, and as you listen, you are guaranteed an encounter with the word. I have a word for us this morning from the Lord. And it takes somebody who wants to be intentional about growth to have a good understanding of what I'm about to share this morning. I'm going to do my best to be as plain as I can be in accordance to God's spirit. But you need to follow me closely this morning. Because everything about the scripture, it's about the concept that you can derive from it. Just like I told you, I went to a university where I was made to understand theological speaking in fact I, I, I literally tell people that nobody knows theology like the Adventist when you're talking about theology give it to the Adventist every other doctrine or denomination we are learners when Adventists are dealing with doctrines and theologies so I went to a university where they made me understand that God created the heavens and the earth in six days and rested on the seventh day and the pastor literally told us. He said that six days is not six days. It's 6,000 years. I wrote six days in the exam. I failed. Some of my colleagues wrote 6,000 years. They passed. They proved it. And like I said, if you are not strong in the faith and you find yourself in that gathering, you more than likely change your Bible. More than likely. But what we see in the Bible is that God created the heavens and the earth in how many days? Six days. Now, if you go to a very strong, motivational speaking church, they project that six days not like the 6,000 years. They project the six days like literally Monday to Saturday. Am I right? That's the way it's been projected. So now, what I'm about to teach this morning, I used other analogy to help you understand that I'm going to be talking about something very, very crucial to your spiritual life. But you have to position yourself to listen and grasp properly. I want to start by saying that the most hopeless Christian is the one that does not know the cost of their salvation. You hear me loudly this morning. The most hopeless Christian. So you can be a Christian and be hopeless. The most hopeless Christian is the one who does not know the cost of their salvation. Now, you'll find people argue and say, oh, but Jesus already paid the price. But you still need to ask what the figure was. When somebody gives you a gift and you don't know the value or the price of it, over time, you abuse it. You abuse it. Somebody came here to speak to the man one time and said he's always transferring money to his mom. 100,000, 200,000. And the mom says thank you casually. So one day he decided to go with the bundle. The bundle. And the, 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 the magnitude of the prayers that the mother gave to him. He had to ask him. He said, I've been giving you this money. Why? Because when you just look at figures digitally, it doesn't shake you. But when it comes to you in Ghana, must go. When you go to parties and you have 10,000 in your wallet that you want to spray, 
You could have it in 1,000 naira notes and you just pray it. Everybody around will look at you in that party and say, he's broke. He doesn't have money. He's stingy. He didn't even spend too much time in front of the people that are doing something. He just prayed 10, 1,000 naira. That's 10,000 naira. How many liters of oil is that? But you will see that all of a sudden, both the musician and the crowd will gather around that young man that is praying 50 50 naira in bundles and he has not stopped. Can't all that 50 naira more than likely is not up to 5k? So you find people that will have huge amount of money but change it into smaller denomination. Why? So that you can have a value for it. If you don't understand the cost of your salvation, as much as it is free, you will end up becoming an hopeless Christian. And that's what I've said before in this house, that if, for example, you received Christ by donating blood, you will take this salvation thing very seriously. So I repeat again that the most hopeless Christian is the one who does not know. That's why the Bible is exchanged to you. That's why you have church. That's why you have fellowship. Why? Because you must know the cost of your salvation. That's why the apostle said that he is not going to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ Jesus. So that means there's a tendency to be a Christian and you are still ashamed of the gospel of Christ Jesus. I have filled a form before and forgot to put it there that I was a Christian. I have gone for parties. Now this thing is very common with Christians. I see it most of the time. When it looks like we are surrounded with darkness, we suspend our light. A good example, you are amongst your family members and everybody is just, I'm not saying drinking alcohol is a sin, don't get me wrong. But you see all your cousins, family, friends, everybody drinking alcohol. You lose God. That's a common word I use for anybody who is close to me. That whenever you're close to me, try not to lose God because it's, it's very easy, very cheap. You lose God. That's when you find Christians again that palm wine is inside the Bible. That palm wine is not the same. It is too much alcohol that is. See, when you start arguing scriptures to justify what you are doing, you are a hopeless Christian. Very hopeless. Very hopeless. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Luke 22. From verse 20. Luke 22 from verse 20. He said, in the same way after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out to you. Verse 21. Verse 21. He said, but the hand of him who is going to betray me is with me, is with me on the table. Now Jesus was having supper with the disciples and the man who was going to betray him still had supper with him. Of course, you know that was Judas. Did Judas knew he was going to betray? Yes, he knew. Now, guess what? Jesus was not just referring to Judas alone in this scripture. He was also referring to Peter. And if you will read the course of the scriptures very well, can I be honest with you? Sometimes I feel like if Judas was my brother, I would have advised him better. Because Judas collected the money, but did not even spend it. He returned it back. Peter denied three times. Now, when Jesus died, guess what? All the disciples went back to their former jobs. 
The first to lead the team was Peter. Because that guy is Omoibo. He doesn't joke with money. He went back to fishing. Even when Jesus caught him there, he said, ah, how did I get back to my vomit? So more than likely, you can tell that Peter built his love and commitment to Christ based on what he can get. That's why everywhere he went to, he went with weapons. Why? You will not kill my benefactor. Because if you can stop fishing, there must be another job on the side that brings me money. He said, but the hand of him who is going to betray me is right here with me on the table. Verse 22. The son of man will go as it has decreed. But woe to that man who betrays. You see why I said it was not just referring to Judas alone. If it was one person, the word would have been what? Betray. But when you see S, I bet you he was talking to all of them. He was talking to all of them. Say, the one who betrays say, who to the man who betrays me. That means all of you here, that's what you're going to do. Now verse 23. Then they began to question among themselves. Follow this narrative so you understand. Jesus was talking about the man who was going to betray him. Now verse 23 to 24, see what happens now. They began to question among themselves. Now you go betray him. Now you go betray him. Now you go betray him. Say, which one of you will do these things? Ah, this is a critical matter. Who will betray Jesus? Ah, now our benefactor is our guarantor. Ah, only do one. Don't try it. Now watch verse 24. A dispute also arose among them. Have you been in a gathering where they were arguing about something? But because somebody else has an ulterior motive, it changes the conversation. Such a, kind, a, a, a diplomatic kind of person. He said a dispute also arose among them. They were initially having conversations and questioning themselves about what? Who is going to betray? Now, the question of betrayal has now got into the part of, watch this, a dispute also arose among them as to which of them will be considered the greatest. We started this argument by asking who will betray Jesus. Where did they end up? Who is the greatest? And Jesus was still there with them. Verse 25. Then Jesus said to them, The king of the Gentiles lords it over them. And those who exercise authority over them calls themselves what? Benefactors. Verse 26. Verse 26. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the what? The youngest. And the one who will rule among you should be who? The one who serves. So now that answers their dispute. Who should be the greatest? The one who is the youngest. Who should be the leader? The one who what? Who serves. That was a movie of this uh, great drama ministry that I watched growing up. It says if you are too big to serve, you are too small to lead. Verse 27. He says, for who is greater? Now, Jesus got interested in their, in, their, in their dispute. Because initially it was questioning. Now, it's disputes. More than likely, they were doing brass bulls, changing it for themselves. Somebody must have stoned somebody with fork. But who is the greatest? Jesus said. He said, for who is the greatest? He said, the one who is at the table. Or the one who serves. Jesus was asking them, who is the greatest? Is it the one on this table? Or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? They were asking him back. Of course, it's the one who is at the table that should, of course, be. 
She said, he said but, I'm more, I'm, but I am among you as the one who serves. Because the greatest on that table is the servant. Not the one who calls the table. The greatest on that table is what? The servant. Now verse 28. Verse 28. Verse 28. You are those who have stood by me in trials. 29. And I confer on you a kingdom just as my father has conferred one on me. Verse 30. So that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. You find that also in Revelations where Jesus talked about the 12 tribes of Israel. Well, um, John, rather. John, the beloved, talked about the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, verse 31. Verse 31. This is where I'm going to. I read all that to you so you understand. It's a journey. He looked at him. He says, Simon, Simon. Now, why did he pick out Simon? Because if you read earlier scriptures, you realize that the real servant with Jesus on that table was Peter. Why would I say Peter? Everything Jesus was doing, Peter was copying. Peter was crystal clear a copycat because, of course, he had no understanding of what he was doing. So if Jesus took the left leg, he took the left leg. There was a part in the scripture where Jesus wanted to wash their feet. Peter said, no, if you wash my own, I wash your own. Because you are my olori, you are my benefactor. I'm not going to joke with you. So as much as Peter saw Jesus as a benefactor, he had a great and ultimate respect for him. So Jesus said to him, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you. All of you. The, the 12 of you. Satan has asked for permission. Listen, there is just a way you walk with God. Get ready for persecutions. Get ready for trials. Get ready for tribulations. You can't escape it. You had better change religion. Just change it. Say, no, no, no. I came to God so that my life would be easy. Never. I'm happy to prophesy to your life that the day you accepted Christ, your life can never be easy. I told you my favorite verse in the Bible is Matthew 5 verse 9. What does it say? Blessed are the peacemakers. Recently, not, it does not pass this year that the Holy Spirit told me. He said, if that's your favorite scripture, then be ready for the encounters of that scripture. And I said, what's the encounters? You can't be a peacemaker in the midst of peace. You are a peacemaker where? In the midst of troubles. And you know the funny part about troubles? More than likely, you didn't start the trouble. Because if you are a peacemaker, you will not start trouble. And now you ask yourself, what's my business with this affair? Okay, you are a peacemaker. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for permission to sift all of you as wheat. Now, what Jesus said, I said, I have given the devil the permission. Many of you don't understand that over your life and destiny, the Lord has given the devil permission to mess with you. It's not a curse. He's given the devil full permission to mess with you. Why? You see it here. Now, verse 32. Verse 32. He said, but I have prayed for you, Simon. Jesus did not pray for the rest of the disciples. Who did he pray for? Simon. Let me hear one time. Who did he pray for? Simon. He said, I prayed for you, Simon, that what will not fail? Your faith. Why didn't Jesus say, Simon, I have prayed for you, you'll be exempted? There is no part of the scriptures where Jesus says that he prays for you to be exempted from trials and tribulation. He said, but I prayed for you, Simon, that your what? That your faith would not fail you. Now watch this. This is where many people miss it. Watch this next line 
in the scripture. What does he say? He says, and when you have turned what? That means Peter was going to turn away. That means Peter was going to walk away. That means Peter was going to misbehave. That means Peter was, was probably going to mess the entire situation up. But Jesus said, if it will take you 10 years to turn back, what was the encouragement he said to him? Strengthen your brothers. Why? Because more than likely, the depth at least you messed up, all your brothers will mess up with you. That's what I'm saying to everyone in this place. That is, as better you are being quiet about your Christianity, otherwise you are leading many people to destruction. Because people are watching. People are watching. Why do you think the social media is filled with a lot of attacks on men of God? Because why? The expectation of people over them is what? Very high. And can I be honest with you? Hear this for free. There is a million and one men of God who are doing so much ridiculous things right now that Christ is not happy about. But the reason why you are hearing about few, what you are seeing on social media is few. It is few. Have you not been to a Gumpa market where a pastor is fighting? You won't see it on social media. Why? Because, of course, the pastor is not popular. Have you not entered bus going from Ibadan to Ikiri? And the woman that led prayer inside the bus, before you go to where they were selling the dokiri, she showed you the stuff of who she's made of. I've entered one before. Led the prayers. We've not gotten too far. Java, Jekuri, and I said to myself, I said, I've been to Port Harcourt before and after the guy was done preaching. The guy said, eh, you can drop off friends and all. And all of us were looking like, you've preached. Go. This guy kept following us. If you've been to Port Harcourt, you understand what I'm talking about. It's not like the one you have in the Badonia where the person prays for you and comes down from the bus, then the bus takes up. Pastor in Port Harcourt preaching for you inside bus. He will keep following you till he has gathered enough money. He will not tell the driver, driver, stop me here. You think he's part of the journey. He's not. The driver will be telling him from the front. Say, ah, evangelist, you, you never want job. Say, I never collect all the money I want collect. So I entered that bus that day. This guy made it. He, he preached and preached, prophesied, prophesied. We said amen, everything. The first woman gave him 50 naira. He said, he said mommy, ah, it's too small. Said my brother, show love. Did you? Said, oh God, we don't have anything. The next thing I saw was prophecy chained to course. I'm telling you the honest truth. If any ask anybody who's been to Patakot, they will tell you this thing I'm telling you. They will change it for you inside that bus. And I said to myself, I said, I had better just be quiet here and not talk because I was shocked. Strengthen your brothers. Why? Because your brothers too will have turned away. And why will your brothers turn away? They were watching you. They were watching you. If Peter, who is the closest to Jesus, could go this far, I'd better just follow. I'd better just follow. Luke chapter 17. Luke 17 from verse 1 to 5. Luke 17 from verse 1 to 5. Jesus said to his disciples, watch this. Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble, they are around you. When you find anybody fall in this fate, it was not from outside. It was from inside. It's from inside. It's from inside. It's not from outside. 
Oh, pastor, that brother no longer comes to church. I don't know. He has backslided. Every backsliding in this faith is from somebody inside. Why? Because we see ourselves in church as Christians, not as brothers, not as sisters. And the few ones who see themselves as brothers and sisters, they really don't understand what that statement means. When you see a woman with a child and they ask her a simple question, are you the owner of this child? It's not because they want to confirm who the mother is. That woman is doing something that mothers should not do. Did you hear what I just said? I said it in Yoruba. Auntie, more than likely you are misbehaving. Because there is a decorum for motherhood. Did you hear what I just said? There is a what? I used to tell my wife whenever we were driving, when I see the way some strange guy drives within this Ibadan, they just drive recklessly. You, you, they're about to hit somebody's car. They're just swiving. I tell my wife, I said, the owner is far from this car. Because you can't be the owner of that car and be swiving anyhow. It's not possible. Oh, pastor, I have like six cars at home. It's not possible. They don't sell cars for 100 naira. The cheapest car I can know is Mikra. Even Mikra is not cheap. You still spend close to a million or two to get Mikra. Go and find out all the guys driving Mikra. Check any Mikra you can see today in any condition they are. The driver is not the owner. He's not the owner. A neat Mikra. Go and find out. The guy gathered money to buy that Mikra. So I tell my wife, when I see it, I, I, I said, maybe I said, he's not the owner of the car. If he's the owner, he won't drive it like this. Oh, maybe he's rushing. No matter the rush you would think of what it will cost you if something happens to that car. You think about it. Find out somebody living in a house and all the windows, he has broken the glass. All the cupboard, he has messed it up. The house that was painted green has turned to white. The gate that was hanging firm has bent. So they now use stone to shock it. Go and find out the people living there are not the landlord. They are not. They are not. Have you seen the difference between mall and shop? Because the person in the mall knows how much he paid for that space. And more than likely, it might take him five years to recover the profit of what he has released for that shop, for that, for that mall. But the person who owns the shop, he bought Baku of 10,000 era at Ogumba. He went to one woman that has a poetry. He said, Mommy, eh, look at him. Eh, one carpenter looked and said, Take this table. He went to the house. He told the sons, Gather bucket. And they said, Trust me, that place is a mess. But more, I, they, they don't give, they don't pay for, let me tell you, they don't pay for more like the way you think about it. It's per square meter. And you sign contract. Somebody sent me a message to go and help him book a place at the mall. I got down there. They first told me, what's the, they first asked you, what's the business you are coming here to sell? I told them, he said, okay, sir, per square meter, I'm here in two point something million. I asked the person, I said, what do you want to sell? He said, glasses. I said, okay, let's be doing. <laughs> I said, please, let's just be doing online selling. He said, no, the mall will push the business. I said, are you a joke? Two point something for glasses. Who buys glasses every day? That's why your mall right there is filled with a lot of restaurants. Because food sells every day. It sells every day. That's why it's not what we have in Nigeria is no more. 
is projected shop inside an AC container. It's not, it's not more. It's just full because full sells. That one tray of jollof rice that you saw in the morning and you came back 20 minutes later, it's gone. That one tray alone can be 100,000. Just that one tray. One spoon they bought for you, 800 or 900. Imagine the numbers of spoon in that dish. I told the person, I said, oh God, you had better keep selling your glasses online. This thing will not work. I said, no, Ibadan will sell. People like fashion. Ibadan does not like, they don't know fashion. I'm not downgrading the city, but it's the truth. It's the truth. So he just said, he said the things that cause people to stumble, they are bound to come. They are around them. He said, but who to anyone who it comes true from? So what will make other people's fall in this faith is around you. But if you are not the one that leads that person to fall, who to you? Verse 2. Verse 2. It will be better for you to carry that your weight and be what? And be thrown into the sea than for you to cause somebody else to stumble. You have your issues. You had better keep it to yourself than you lead somebody else to stumble. That's the scripture. It's not your pastor saying it. That's the scripture. Pastor, I just like violence. You have to die with your violence. Die with your violence. Pastor, I don't take, I don't take no for an answer. Pastor, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I, I, I don't tolerate people too much. Okay, deal with it privately. One of the places where they should not know your weakness is in church. Keep your weakness to your household. Let your household see, let your household see your title and question it. I say, hey, prophetess, you will they fight for three at the party. You that scatters meeting. My grandmother sometimes will call me apostle, pastor, but she will still tell my wife and say, Ah, I'm telling you the truth because that's household, but they respect it and they are seeing the change. They are seeing the change. If you met me when Agidi was still in charge. told my wife one time, I said, it's better for somebody not to push me to the wall. To push me to the wall, you are a devil. Because when you push me, as I'm getting close to that wall, I'm thinking of how to cut short your life. I'm telling you the truth. He said it would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a milestone turned around their neck than to cut one of these little ones. So God is literally telling you, Jesus is telling you here, that the people he has positioned around you are little ones that you are supposed to strengthen. Now you are the one doing what? Causing them to stumble. Verse 3. Verse 3. He says, so watch yourself. Tap the person by the side. I say, watch yourself. Watch yourself. If your brother or sister sins against you, what did he say you do? Rebuke them. Why carry the matter to your house and not an unforbiddable sin? Why? Because you're like, I, I really want him to know what he has done. I really want to show them. I don't take nonsense. He said, if your brother or sister sinned against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, what did he say you should do? Forget. Did he say forget? What did he say? Forgive. The reason why you still remember is so that you can guard yourself the next time. 
but forgive so that you can freely still flow with the person. Have I preached before and have offended people? Yes, I have. Does not mean that if you now come and meet me and ask me for something, I will not answer you. I will answer you. I can come in with a frown face, but trust me, before the end of that day, I'll probably smile at you. Because probably you don't know what is running through my mind. I can see the wrongs you've done to me. There are people in this church that have wronged me. But I never give them a letter and say, leave this church. Never do that. So I can rebuke them. Now, this is the part where many of us try to avoid. And I will say this in confidence because I might be talking to somebody. The reason why you can't rebuke someone is because you're also guilty of the same thing. You're guilty of the same thing. That you can't talk. You're guilty of the same thing. Anytime you come back home with a failed result and your parents cannot say much to you, more than likely they were failures when they were in school. The truth. It's the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I just help somebody now. So you just go home and tell that they daddy, ewa, 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 ewa. And boom, it's been more failed, man. More than likely. More than likely. So, you can't rebuke because you're guilty of the same thing. You're guilty of the same thing. And if they repent, forgive them. Forgive them. Verse 4. We're going to fight. Verse 4. Verse 4. If they sin against you seven times, how many times do you forgive them? Seven times. You must forgive them. Because they are human. And what you don't understand as a child of God is that when God places people around you, they are not higher than you. They are lower than you. When you hear the word brothers, you are Egbo. They are bro. Am I right with that, Yoruba? Maybe Egbo is older. Maybe. To be surrounded with people. See, this is what it means. You're surrounded. Look, watch my hand. How is your hand? Like this. They are under you. surrounded surrounded so he says you forgive them they hurt you seven times forgive them now seven is not just the highest number if they hurt you 90 times how many times do you forgive them 90 times one million times how many times do you forgive them one million times now verse five verse five watch this jesus was talking to the disciples he was telling them how to run their faith and here the next thing they said what did they say they're supposed to say to the lord what did he say increase our faith that I will forgive Tola seven times. God, I can't do it. Increase my faith. One thing that you cannot take from people easily is their stupidity. It takes time. It takes time. It takes time. There is just a very thin line between stupidity and ignorance. To change it, it takes time. Now, if the person does not know at all, whatever you tell them, they accept. But that the person knows but is ignorant of it. Why? Because of their selfish gain. It's very hard. So the apostle said to the Lord, what did he say? If I was part of that meeting with the apostles, with the disciples, I more than likely would have said, God, send me the right people instead. Because that's what many of you want to pray for. That Father, I cannot deal with stupidity. I can't deal with foolish people. Just send me, send me, send me the right people because I don't want to lose my cool on certain people. 
I saw a very amazing video about a great man of God, a great uh, apostle of this generation. And he said something in that video. I'm sure some of you might have said it. He said, if you are surrounded with five foolish people, you didn't count well. He said, there are six. I saw that video. I said, whoever cropped this thing, as much as he cropped it well, should have given us the full gist. Because that message is short but powerful. It's very easy to point fingers and blame. But listen, you are part of it. You are literally part of it. That's why I said earlier that the reason why to rebuke somebody is hard for you is because you are part of that system. You are part of that system. You are part of that system. That's why sometimes we do some things, especially with men, and the next thing you are saying is the devil. And the devil is folding his hands like this and he's looking at you like this. He said, it's the devil that led me to sleep with that. The devil is not asking, he said, do you know the last time I slept with someone? I said, me that I'm going to and fro. Plus, the fact that Nigeria has now increased fuel price, so my toilet and fro has gone to another level. Right now, I can bet it with you. The devil is speaking one state per month. <laughs> with what is happening in this country, is the more than like as I'm talking to you right now, it's probably in Kano. Before it comes to Ibadan, whatever you want to do now, do it. Because before it gets to this Ibadan, it'll take a while. That's why I see that Ibadan is safe. Nothing has happened. The devil is far from us. He's very far. Because it's what is happening now. I trust all those thoughts. They should have misbehaved. He's far from us. The apostle said, increase our faith. What does it mean to increase our faith? Help our effectiveness. Lighten up our understanding. Cause us to grow and sharpen our tools. Why did they come up with increase our faith? Because in Hebrews 11 verse 6, let's see what Hebrews 11 verse 6 says. Hebrews 11 verse 6. I'll tell you the reason why they said increase our faith. Because they know that by their flesh they can't do it. What did he say? He said without faith. It is what? impossible to please God because anyone who will come to him must first believe that he exists and he what? He rewards those who earnestly seek him so if my goal is to please God please increase my faith faith is a supernatural impartation and awakening that grants man access to function in God's capacity so if you are not functioning the way God wants you to function, your faith is very low. Your faith is very low. So faith is fully alive and effective. By what? By hearing the word. Believing the word. Meditating on the word. Doing the word. Not just doing the word. Sticking to the word. Stick to it. So the primary assignment of your faith is to do what? To please God. Can I say that one more time? What's the primary assignment of your faith? To do what? To please God. What we have in church is men trying to please men so that they can be much. That's not what the Bible says. When you please God, it says we shall be many. Yoruba will say, you want somebody to be a part of your excesses and your weakness so you are looking for people that you can make to stumble as much of you have stumbled 
So to rebuke them is a challenge. And we hide under the pretense of he's my brother, he's my sister. May you not lead your brother to fall. May you not lead your sister to fall. Without faith, not gimmicks, not pretense, without faith, it's clearly impossible to please God. If your objective is the applause of men, you have a long way to go. If all you are about is how they can give you good credits, you have a word, a long way to go. Because the same men who give you credit will discredit you behind your back. And hear me, I hear me close. The only reason why somebody is crediting you now is because they've not found somebody else. When they find somebody else, you lose that credit. I remember growing up, primary school, everybody was Econet. MTN came. Glow came. Visa phone came. I don't know, was it Intel? Visa phone too came. Etisalan. Now, you know what all these organizations are doing now? To remain relevant, they are just changing name. I woke up yesterday morning, I realized that Twitter has changed their logo. I said to myself, I said, I said, I said they've gotten this man. They've gotten it. Why? You've not, the people around you have not found somebody else who can deliver better. There's a Yoruba saying that says, human beings don't leak hands that is stained with blood they lick the one that is stained with oil the day that oil changed to blood you will see the true colors of men say she, she. saying this to ladies that the person is containing your cool does not mean they are the right kind of friendship say she, she understands me I can, I, I can express myself fully to her any cancer that does not have the truth, both of you are about to destroy yourself. If the person can spill the truth to you, you are about to destroy yourself. Tell me the honest truth. My wife knows. I will tell you my wrong. I can hug you. But once I know it's the truth, that's the truth. Because one of the things the truth does is that it brings about freedom. So the question to want to ask yourself now is, do you want to be enslaved or you want to be free? My late dad will always say something. That you can lie. Oh, I don't say you can lie, every lie. You, you can tell all the lies. But the biggest havoc you would do on yourself is to be lying to yourself. And I've seen that play out in education. Where you will fail. You're not telling yourself. I'm brilliant than this. You're a joke. You're a joke because you just failed. You just failed. So the primary assignment of your faith is to do what? To please God. There are three things you'll find in the word of God. Number one, the word of God gives you promises. You'll find promises in the word of God. Number two, you'll find principles. And that's where we have the biggest challenge. People see principles as a big deal. They're like, can, 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 can we just cut this thing? Can we reduce it? It's too much. Must we do this? It's, it's a principle. People come together to come about principles. 
Let me tell you the reason why Moses was angry when he came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments. It's because virtually everything he wrote in the Ten Commandments, they were already going against it. So he said to himself, he said, God! Pressure to you. And what did he do? He broke it. He said, because the, the, the thing that took me days to get, you know when it takes you days to get Ten Commandments, you now come down. You know, if they are violating one, you say, okay, we still have nine to train them with. They violated the entire ten. Say, God, at this point, they need more than ten. They need more than ten. And more than likely, what, what, is, what, what is that scenario supposed to tell you? That when God is dispersing principles, He's not looking at your what? He's not looking at where you are standing what you what you're doing at this point is truth a great man of god said to me he said the truth is the truth no matter the location no matter the location truth is what is truth the only thing you cannot do is the application cannot be what can be different the way you present it can but truth is what ogasa if you allow your weakness to lead your brothers and sisters to fall, you will be held responsible for it. Responsible for it. I worked in a church for close to seven years. I used to tell my wife, I said, if there's anybody that's supposed to change it for that pastor, I'm supposed to be one of them. I told her recently, I said, the same folks that were telling me stuff about my pastor that I saw for seven years, were the same folks that were holding microphone recently for him at the dedication of their convention center. I said, if I had listened to these fools, I said, Tomorrow, don't serve that man. No. It's all about the money. No. That man will send you. I'm telling you. One of them literally said to me, he said, Tomorrow, if you go do wedding for America, no doing for this church. Oh. This man go disappoint you. You go realize just saying, now Usher go join you and your wife together. Lo and behold, this man came from the U.S. to attend my wedding here in Nigeria. Tell me the truth. You had better be careful the kind of people you listen to and the kind of people you get conversation with. What we human beings are looking for is somebody that will not see the fault in what we have done. But make it sugarcoat it for you and say, you're on point, you're good. Go, go, go. Bad to you now. Oh yeah, keep us there. No worries. Nebu now. Kini, kini. Church, Shadrach and Shamini now. Can't look at those ones and say, Shadrach and Shami. The day they are in difficulties and challenge, the place they will enter, they will never tell you. I met a great man of God recently and he told me the man of God he, he used to go and meet for prayers on the mountain. I said to myself, I said, Yeah. I was telling my wife, I said, What? This, you know, you know, there are some people that are so touch that you think they can't do some things. I beg of you, if you have enough money, forget the transfer fear. This coming week, take trips to certain prayer mountains. You'll be shocked at the men of God you'll see there. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. If you see what some of them do, I'm not saying they're doing anything bad. If you see how far they are going to seek and fortify themselves with God's power, you
told I, I, I don't know if it was my wife I told or somebody. I said, even Pastor Chris goes to Pastor David for counseling. You look at him and say he's a general on his own. He shouldn't be going that route. So you are now you are looking for someone that will keep paddling your canoe. And this is the mistake you don't understand. You are both on the sea. If anybody will drown, it's the two of you. Say, hey, yeah, help me. I'll paddle the front. You paddle the back. You're on the sea. That's a popular video on Instagram. Uh, what was that song? Holy Spirit. Jesus power. Super power. Then that friend at the back just shouted, Mommy, what up? Everyone in the front. Because you that sang, Mommy, what up? You probably can swim. You probably can swim. But we will not join you. As much as you gather corn to roast it, the roasting can never come out the same, but it's the same heat. One will burn more than the other. I heat corn a lot. I was just shocked as not going on my head. My wife comes back home and is like, I bought you six. Sometimes I'll tell her to buy like 10 or 12. I eat it with salt. Oh, Gaza, I have seen lots of corn on that stuff where they roast it. It is the same eat and charcoal. But you realize that one looks more burnt than the other. And I ask myself the question, what happened? Is the placement. The person you are holding on to to find your stupidity is probably standing on the edge about to fall. So the person is helping you to find your stupidity. And what happens to that person? It's going down. See, I refuse to be deceived. Somebody shout it one more time. Say, I refuse to be deceived. You find promises in God's word. Please have your seat. You find principles. And you find instructions. You will always find instructions in God's word. You will always find it. You always find it. You can argue promises. You can argue promises. The promises of God's word, you can argue it. How do I say, Pastor, how do you mean you can argue God's promises? At least God said it, it should happen. Yeah, if God says it will take you across all the nations of the world and you choose not to have a passport, how will you get there? How will you get there? You can't. So you turn around the entire Ibadan. That's nation. That's nation. That's nation. The Lord says, I will give you a car. I will bless you with cars. That's my promise for you this year. And you choose not to go and learn how to drive. You choose not to have a license. You have fleets of cars, but you will never be able to ride it. God says, I, 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 I wish above all things that your soul prospered. <laughs> and your breakfast is cigarette. Your lunch is uh, codeine. Your dinner, cocaine mixed with salt with corn. Oh God, good health is far from you. Extremely far. So you can argue promises and say, God, if you say you do this for me, let's limit it and let it not go past this place. You can argue that. Principles, you must follow. Instructions, that's what makes you. That's what makes you. You can change anything about God's word, but you can't change his instruction. Did you hear what I just said? You can't do what? You can't change his instructions. Without faith, it's impossible to do what? to please God. 
The most dangerous ground for a believer is the one where their faith is wrapped around tongues. So every discharge of God's word does not find a good balance. Faith that is wrapped around tongues leaks out its virtues for growth and effectiveness. So what am I trying to say? A punctured faith burns hopelessness. A punctured faith connotes a cost spirit. So when I see that your, your faith is punctured, you are operating with a cost spirit. And this is, this, is, this, is, this is my thing to you this morning. If you don't stick to the truth of God's word, you will think it's the Holy Spirit that is inside of you, but it's your spirit. You will think it's the Holy Spirit, but it's your spirit. It's your spirit. This is my own belief. You can argue it. Whenever the Spirit of the Lord tells you to do something, He is giving you enough capacity for it. Enough capacity. Holy Spirit tells you fast for three days. He's giving you capacity for it. A man can tell you to do that, but you don't have it. But the Holy Spirit tells you, do this. You have capacity for it. So when you see that, the Spirit in you is telling you to do some things, but you're not in capacity to do it. You're more than likely operating with a cost spirit. Maybe another Sunday I'll preach about it. A cost spirit. And a cost spirit is a spirit that is surrounded with tongues. What do I mean by tongues? Everything that should have cost you to suit up. Certain things are doing what? They are drawing them back. For some ladies, sometimes it's anger. For some men, sometimes it's pride. You just realize that it's, it's drawing you back. That's why you hear them talk about it in churches and ministry. That it's very hard for you to gather generals together. Because somebody will almost think, I am greater than this. That's what you saw the disciples doing. They were asking, say, who is the greatest? Why? Because when Jesus is wiped out, somebody must take the battle. Because they already calculated how much was inside the purse. They didn't know that Judas has already... Are you following me this morning? So a punctured faith promotes all kinds of manipulation. What's manipulation? There is a standard. But you are turning people off that standard. So for example, in this house, we zoom by 8. Say, oh God, you just do your thing. If it's 8.15 or 8.30, you come. Sure, pastor, no, they come until like 8.50. Nothing happen. Manipulation. Give to the Lord. Oh God, no mind them. Oh. Now pastor, they chop that money. of these years I'll show you where it talks about in the scripture that the judgment of the priest is on the collar. He who judges the priest is the Lord of hosts. But we that are listening to the priest we are judged by what we know and what we have received. So the judgment coming on my own head is more than you that you are sitting down listening to me. Very much. That's why it says, as, 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 as a believer, literally every one of us, as a believer, be careful. The scripture we read, it said, watch yourself. Because if you've led somebody to Christ, if you've ignited somebody's faith, and the same you is leading us to fall, somebody say, Jesus, help me. 
Say with confidence, say, Jesus, help me. A punch of faith promotes all kinds of manipulation. And a manipulative person does not know he's manipulating people. The easiest thing to do as a child of God is to manipulate. It's very easy to manipulate. It's not hard. You don't need to go to school for manipulation. Very easy. It's deception. Within you, you know that thing you are saying is not true. Within you, you know it's not true. You know that thing should not be found in your heart. But you lead others to the building of your faith comes from the word of God. Romans 10 verse 17 tells you that. Now the effectiveness of your faith, how effective your faith can be, comes in works and contentment. James chapter 2 verse 18. Let's see that. James chapter 2 verse 18. The effectiveness. So it's enough to build your faith. Your faith has to be effective. James chapter 2 verse 18. Can I have that on the screen? It says, but someone will say you have faith and the next thing I'll ask you is, where's your works? Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith. By my what? How do you show your faith? By your works. By your works. By your works. This is I have faith. I have faith. Where's your works? A question faith is an indication of it of dead works. Anytime your faith is questioned, anytime you're standing with God is questioned, it means your works are dead. And dead works are caused by compromised spirit. It's very easy to compromise anybody. Why? Because people are looking for safe landing. Did you hear me this morning? People are looking for what? Safe landing. I've heard somebody say to me in this church. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want anybody to offend me. I don't want to get hurt. I get hurt easily. Then I ask myself, what spirit is inside of you? You get hurt easily. When the scripture already told you that some things are inevitable. <laughs> let, let, let me explain the concept of sheep to you. Because uh, By default, we should not be called sheep. We should be called dogs. And don't take it as an insult. Because you can train a dog to do certain things. Am I right? Am I right? Dog lovers here. Yeah. You can train a dog to do certain things. And the dog will always obey. Like for someone like me, anytime I come back home very late or anytime, my dogs are always barking. So I told my security, I said, their barking is not the barking of anything. It's a barking of Oluwiwatide. Release us. Let's go and greeting so i've seen people train their dog on how to say hi how to jump how to do that but a sheep you can't train a sheep if there are 20 sheep in this place and they see one of them going that way what happens to the many 19 they follow they follow they follow now this is where i'm going don't say you did not know that some of the things you are doing or some of the ways you are expressing your faith is misleading some people. Because even you yourself with that faith, you know you are not balanced. I saw a video of the Winlows recently. I think it was last week I saw it. Where the Winlows guy himself was praising a particular brother. In fact, he recommended that brother to a particular sister. He said, you're a new member. Um, please, brother, encourage him. And this brother on the other hand was dealing with 
masturbation and all that stuff. So one day he just woke up one morning and went to church and said, Pastor, <laughs> this is what I'm dealing with. This brother, you're hyping. It's not me. And I love the response of that pastor. If you were to be some of these pastors we have around, they would judge. They would judge. And it reminds me of what Jesus said to the prostitute who was caught. He said, not even high will cast the first stone. Why? Because Jesus was human. And I've told you before, there must have been points in Jesus' life, being a man, where he taught like a man. So what did this pastor do? The pastor said to him, he said, from the moment I started giving you credit, I was opportuned to know your weakness. Let me tell you this and I'll say this for free. No matter how you try to pretend in the house of God, a man of God or a woman of God or a believer that has a strong discerning spirit, they will know your weakness by default. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth, I lie not. It's not. See, come to this church, dress with miniskirt, I will tell you if you are in right standing. Because it's not by appearance. It's not by appearance. Look, no matter you try to fake it. No matter. A man in the spirit will be known by another man who is in the spirit. A man in the flesh will always be known by another man in the flesh. So what does that tell you? Cross the equation. If I'm in the spirit, I'll tell you you're in the flesh. If you're in the spirit with me too, I'll tell you you're in the spirit. There's no two ways about it. But what we have in church, we have this ideology of it's only God that sees my heart. How, why did Samuel argue with God when he was about to anoint the other brothers of David? And he said to himself, he said, ah, ah, see kings. And God said to him, he said, my heart is far from this one. He said, you are looking at appearance. That's a prophet. He said, God said, I do, I do what? I look at the heart. He said, God, at this point, if, if you reject all these men, ha, with how far I've worked with you, all these men I'm saying, I don't know what next. Then he asked the father of David. He said, do you have any other son somewhere? He said, oh, David. Ah, uncle. Go water. He doesn't deserve it. He's always with the sheep. He's a useless boy. Then David showed up. Go and read your scriptures very well. Samuel had already anointed David. Before he, he confirmed it in his spirit. That that was the one that God chose in your Bible. Go and read it. Because why? The Bible talks about it. It says your, our, his spirit bears witness with what? Our spirit. So no matter how you try to cover it, no matter so that's why I love what that pastor said. He said from the day I started praising you, I knew you were weak. I knew you were weak. I knew you were not what people were saying. And sometimes I, I tell my wife, I said, none of what this credit is getting to my head. Because if only people know that this man is still a work in progress. Ah, highly anointed. Then you carry it on your head. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 5. Second Peter 1 verse 5 to 8. Second Peter. Are you getting something this morning? Second Peter 1 verse 5 to 8. He says, for this very reason. People have a conclusion about you. So for that very reason. What did he say? Make every effort to do what? Add to your faith. You are highly anointed and you know you are not. Add to your faith. You are the most pleasant sister I've ever seen in THN Church. You know you are not. What did he say? 
Oh, I can always trust you. I think now I've learned better. When it comes to trust, you can trust people with anything, but that thing called money and women, don't trust any man with it. Don't make a mistake of saying you want to travel. Then your younger sister should go and stay with a brother because it's fire filled in church. You will come back and be dealing with a lot of issues. By default, me, I don't like people keeping stuff with me. I don't like it. I don't like it. Because you realize that at the earlier stage, your mind is not there. But circumstances will come. You just... You keep food with me, I joke. As you are stepping out, it's gone. It's gone. You keep money with me, I'll return it back. But more than likely, not the same currency you gave me. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. What did he say should add to your faith? Goodness. And to goodness, what should you add? Knowledge. So never you think you've heard enough of God's word. Never you think that you know it all. Verse 6. And to your knowledge, what should you have? Self-control. Oh God, they will step on your toes. Even twins that came out from the same womb don't behave the same. I'm telling you honest truth. Had self-control. People will hurt you. People will not know you are passing through stuff and they will impose certain things on you. People will not buy your idea. People will not believe your opinions. People might not appreciate you. And I've told, I've told all my leaders and workforce in this church, there is no human being that appreciates effort. It's result. It is result. You get pregnant all the time and you lose the child. Or God, you have not entered family that will change it for you. They don't want to hear that one. What they want to hear is come for naming ceremony. They don't want to hear. They don't want to hear. Where is the child? To not make it worse in this Yoruba culture, you have series of girls. They will call your husband to the side one day and say, I'm gonna get your woman is to be in you. Someone that has four girls, you are still calling a barren woman. Why? Because the proof of, of fertility, the proof of productivity in marriage, there must be a son, there must be a heir. Have self-control. And to your self-control, what should you have? Perseverance. Because that result you are looking for, you will not get it instantly. You will not get it instantly. That brother or sister you are trying to train can take him 20 years to get it. Somebody else can come within your space and in one more, bam, they got it. One of the things that the Lord told me about starting department is he said, just persevere with them. He said, with time, they will get it. So I don't even bother myself in that direction. Sometimes I just go and meet them and say, I, I didn't like what happened today, blah, blah, blah. But if I really wanted to show them the stuff of what I was made of, I would break laptop on somebody's head. But I just, just persevere. Just persevere. And to your perseverance, what you had? Godliness. Don't persevere with grief. Don't persevere with anger. Don't persevere with malice. Persevere with what? 
hands do it the right way that's the mistake some of you are making say pastor in all honesty I'm persevering though I'm persevering though but in my mind I pray against that brother next verse verse 7 verse 7 and to godliness what did he say mutual affection mutual mutual he greets you greet back he wants to hug you hug back he sends you a message you saw it it's John we knew I see four people in church. Me, 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 come message. Stupid question. Over be me. Over be me. Please, their church tomorrow. Oh, stupid. They are mini respond. Me, they be cool. What keep us on sorrow? See, move back on liquor. Kisha, we buy a leg. I'm out green church water. Church water that you buy a lot. I need more boy. Oh God, mutual affection. That brother, you don't want to see will become a G in the nearest future, and you have challenges. He's one that will pray for you. your mutual affection once you had again now verse 8 verse 8 if you possess these qualities did he say in one measure read your bible did he say in measure what did he say increasing measure so when you think you have self-control what do you do i think it was my wife i was telling I said, all man can do is to be praying that you should not be encountered with things that will make you fall. Tell said, there is nothing ten women can do to me. I, I, I super control myself. They cannot enter my eye. Oh God, you've not seen women. <laughs> when you hear the kind of things some men fall for and you compare who they fell for with their wife, you ask, them, are you blind? Are you blind? You know when they are preaching on whose wife outside, you would think the owner is blind. See, how can I see your wife? He go eat. Everything said. Ah, what happened? Why did you go to the house girl? Say, no, no, it's the devil. Even the devil cannot pick house girl over your wife. The devil went to your house and see your wife and see house girl. The devil blind. In increasing measure. So don't tell yourself you've had enough. Keep adding. Keep adding. Keep adding. Keep adding. That's why I say faith comes by what? By hearing. Faith does not come by what you heard. It comes by what? Hearing. You keep hearing. You keep taking. Father, at this point, oh, I have done so much in THN to the point that oh, they've, they've, they've maxed my cool. There, there's no marks of cool. There's no marks of coolness. You keep adding. Keep adding. Keep telling yourself. Say, I'm going somewhere. Going somewhere, I'm going somewhere. These guys will not stop me. I'm going somewhere as a believer in your workplace. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. As long as I'm still in this organization, I'll just keep hiding. I'll keep hiding. He says, He says, if you possess these qualities in what in increasing measure, they will keep you from being what ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Christ Jesus. Go and find those who argue with authorities. Go and find those who argue scriptures. Go and find those who attack pastors. Go and find those who, have, who antagonize leadership in church. They don't know jack. I'm telling you the honest truth. They don't know anything. So I can stand on my own. I'll do better.
One day I was with Minister Toby downstairs at the generator of the church. Some of you might need to go downstairs as a generator. It's a 50 kVA. Is it 50? Yeah, 50 kVA. Cost us almost close to a hundred to, to run the stuff. And I said to myself, somebody will just wake up one morning in a church and say, I'm tired of that pastor. I want to go and start my own. And that's what you face. <laughs> that's what you face. Then you now have members that will come to the front. Dance like to sing for them. You know those brothers during Thanksgiving? They will dance. Dance. The camera will, they, they will see the camera come. They will be like, In your mind or mind, you're like, the Lord has done him well. She bang God did not do for him. <laughs> the after service, the, uh, you, you, you as a pastor will be up here and say, ah, with the way youth dance today. You will tell your wife, say, 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 baby. Ah, jamalatabade, laleo, magbejade. Then your protocol will come and meet you and say, pastor, the, the offering of today is yes, in the envelope. <laughs> you are, are thinking, ah, hello, change the dollars now. That's, that's all they give. <laughs> then you start picking it out. Ten naira, five naira, fifty. Even the one thousand has lost value. And just say, you can say, okay, a protocol. How much is everything? I said, Pastor, the Lord was wonderful. We counted one thousand four hundred and ten. I beg of you, no matter the anointing that you have. And you want to go and leave a church to go and start your home. Let it be that God told you. Let it be that God told you. But at the early stage, it will be rough. Then later you find your balance. But you just say, hey, what was that pastor preaching? I preach better. Do you know I'm worth it? Okay, you buy this 100,000. <laughs> what does that talk of sound or anything? in measure why do I have to make every effort your faith will be tried in stages your faith will be tried by spirits your faith will be tried during storms every time you see a stage it's a trial for your faith anytime you see spirit it's a trial for your faith as much as all of us are here it's not only spirit that's inside everybody some people is one spirit from Ubumosho some is one spirit from Shaki. Some, some people carved their own spirit. As much as we have updates on phones every week, some people are updating their spirit. The whole of last year was a commercial spirit that worked for them. At this dispensation, they are working with another town spirit. So just you think you are sitting next to a brother or sister in Christ. No, you are sitting next to, next to somebody that you don't know the spirit operated in them. Your faith gets tried during storms. Nobody prays for the stones, but it comes. It comes. And then we try. And in all of this, that's a good place to let you know that nothing is enough to deter the establishment and the expression of your faith. Because the bedrock of your salvation is your faith. The measure of your salvation is your faith. The highlight the journey of your salvation is your what? It's your faith. 
Because Ephesians 2 verse 8, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 tells us that. He said we are saved by grace. But it's only attainable through our faith in the Lord Jesus. So in other words, your faith prepares you. Your faith positions you. Yeah, you see that on the scripture. He said for it's by grace you have been saved. Through what? And without faith, it's in what? It's clearly impossible to please God. So faith positions you for good works. So anytime you make yourself available for good works, it tells the composition of your faith, what your faith is made of. Anytime you make yourself available for good works, note that. It tells the kinds of things your faith is loaded with. And I want, I, I want to chip this in. I want to chip this in. And this will help a brother, will help a sister. At every stage in your life, filter the people around you. Do you hear what I just said? Do what? Filter the people around you. I'm not against generals of the faith. I love every general of the faith. But if you are starting your Christian journey now, and you are listening to generals of the faith, you will not take Christianity seriously. You are more than likely not to. You are more than likely. Because those men have, they, they, they fought. I'm not saying they are tired. But at this point, they feel like they've, they've done so much and they are approaching their resting period. So you might just say, I have this friend around me. She's always pumping my feet. Even with a pump, you still have to clean it at most, most times. Are we together? You have to clean it. So you go back at every stage and ask yourself, this friend that is pumping my feet, do I still need that friend? Do I still need that friend? And I'm not saying you should just be changing people anyhow. No. No. You might not tell if that your friend or your brother or your sister that is pumping your faith is pumping it from a bitter spirit. May you not encounter those that have issues with church or church leaders. You would think they are right. You would think they are right. Don't, don't back it up with scriptures. Back it up. Have you heard where somebody will say, you are not supposed to serve God. You are not supposed to serve the, the, the man of God. You are supposed to serve the God of man. Go and find out. Something is wrong. wrong. Because they will just look for something to say, you are not supposed to serve the man of God. Though. The man of God is dependent on God. So you are supposed to serve the God of man. Have you read your scriptures well? There is a place where you have to honor the prophet. Who is the prophet? It's your access to God. It's your access for your growth. For your growth. Someone in this church posted a video. I told my wife, I said, if it was me that posted this video, they would say, I'm justifying my lateness of preaching late. I said, thank God he's coming from inside the house. And what was in that video? A great man of God that people are already talking about now in Abuja. He said, you'll be at the airport, you'll delay your flight for three hours. You'll be quiet. You'll go for interview, they'll tell you interview is nine. They will not attend to you until three. Oh, pay that coco, man. Who's looking for a job? It's you. It's you. It's you. Have you not noticed that people hug you at certain places, but in another place they don't hug you? Have you found somebody hugging in police station? You came to bail someone, you're hugging with the police officer. The person that they jailed that inside the cell 
will be you know the person was praying for you to come before that your madness you are displaying at the counter will be cursing you that few could need that for see you are you are here to plead my case you are not coming showing police here. it's not right the constitution of this country does not permit that I know the law no law You have to always filter. Even in marriage. Even in marriage. Somebody said something to me recently. He said, he said, when you find a man who is committed, devoted to his wife and all of that stuff, goes against authority, systems, structures and all of that, and you see that this thing is coming from like the home, the marriage and all that. He said, trust me, he's a good husband. He said he's a good husband. He said, but now this is the default. He's not a good child. So you can be a good husband and not be a good child of God. Marriage. I'm married to a woman that no matter the title I have, she calls me apostle, pastor. This woman of God still corrects me, your pastor. Say, 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 baby, you're not supposed to say negative words, you're not becoming a man. I said, This thing is default, it's, it's a joke. He said, No, don't say it. Sometimes I'm calling people, like reaching out to them. My wife will be tapping me, say, Don't end that call. You must pray for that person. You're a pastor, you're supposed to pray to encourage. I'm like, What's my own? The person asks for prayer now. He said, No, pray, pray. Because left to me, I'm like, I just chit chatting now. How far I did. He said, Don't, he said, don't end conversations like that. Say you're a pastor, they are expecting much for you. They might not ask for it. They might not ask for it. So I should not tell myself that no, she has no right to tell me that. I'm the, I'm the man of the house. I'm this. Go and find out men that are saying they are the man of the house. They are having issues. They are having issues. Have you seen a CEO dragging in with a security officer? Have you seen it before? CEO dragging with a security officer. Never. Never. You can insult a CEO at the gate. You won't see anything. Just don't don't let him enter his office. He enters his office, they will call for you. They say, Ogang Pierre, which Oga? Oga did it. Ogang Pierre, You will not get there. You see the person you insulted. You will not even want to hear what he has to say. You go on your knees. Okay, Jehovah be no sir. No CEO drags with you. They don't. The day one security downstairs here was trying to mess with me, was trying to chew me anywhere. I didn't do anything. I just drove in, parked. And when he comes to me, I say, Okasa, oh, this is that, that, that. When he saw the banner downstairs, he said, I bet any daddy will do and be. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. Yeah, what they join you? Ah, 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 me more, pastor, ah, me more, be no, sir, me more, be any. I don't Just the banner, he humbled. Imagine if I was one painting, she pull away. It's gone. Just come that I don't want to. One, one more, I don't want to see. It's gone. Appearance is not Christianity. Did you hear me? Appearance is not Christianity. Spirituality is not self-righteousness. Availability is key to relevance in this kingdom. Zealousness is key to relevance, to prosper, to flourishing in this kingdom. Zealousness is the key to flourishing in this kingdom. 
intentionality is the key to appointment in this kingdom intentionality second peter chapter 1 verse 10 second peter chapter 1 verse 10 can i have that on the screen let's read this together let's read this together and we're reading verse 10 and 11 i want everybody to read it together so you can sink into your head one to go Verse 11. What's the first word you saw there? Make what? Every effort. Every effort. Every effort. It will help you not to stumble. It will help you not to stumble. Make every effort. Put back the scripture. Verse 10. Verse 10. Say, my brothers and sisters, make every effort. That's Peter, who's the apostle of the church, calling them brothers and sisters. Say, make every effort to confirm your calling. If you are called, prove it. Don't just come and say, I'm called, I'm called, I know my word. Prove it. Prove it. In primary school and secondary school, to be, to be precise, my principal looked at me and said to me, he said, tomorrow I wrote your name as the head boy, but you will not go for that interview. I said, why, sir? He said, you can't, you can't, you can't, you, you can't handle this thing. He said, you're brilliant. He said, but you're everywhere. Break time, you'll find me in a class that is lower than my class. There's no noise maker, my name was not there. Plus, the day I was sick, did they don't come to school? They, because by default, if nobody will make noise, Olunye will make noise. Out of respect for my father, I told him, I said, stop putting Olunye in noise maker. Put Olunye Junior, Olunye Thomas. Because the way you are calling Olunye is like you are calling my dad that is the one making this noise. So the guy they gave it to was somebody who was cool and calm. Gentle, reserved. I was pained because I felt I had the grades. And I'm one person that I am always intentional about leading people. I'm always intentional about leadership since I was born. I've always been intentional about leadership. So I built myself in that school in such a way that no matter how bad reach, something must hit me. It hurt me because there was no class I didn't pass. Even with further mass, even though we had to copy further mass just to ensure that we passed. Because by default, you can't pass further mass on your own. Even Holy Spirit will look at you and say, it's mathematics I've helped you to. This one that you've added further, go further by yourself. <laughs> That's one of the most confusing class that school age did everything very honest principle he said that's just the reason why I cut you out of it he said because you are everywhere I need somebody who is highly responsible not just brilliant responsible that's why that's what Peter was saying he said make every effort to confirm your calling and election make every effort don't tell yourself, I don't care. I'm just going to do my thing. 
the health of your faith is in your works. And the wealth of your faith is in your work. So I'm going to read the last scripture because I want to pull out something there, which is my last line. I'm going to say to you, 1 Timothy 6 verse 2 to 10. 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 2. It said, those who have been believing in masters should not show themselves. Those who are believing masters should not show themselves disrespect just because they are fellow believers. What does he say by believing masters? That's masters who are still working on themselves. Masters who are not yet there. He said, he said just because you are fellow believers. He said, instead, they should serve them even better because their master is there to them as fellow believers and is devoted to the welfare of their slaves. He said, these are the things you have to teach and insist on. Verse 3. Verse 3. He said, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, verse 4, verse 4, they are consented and understand nothing. That's what I said earlier. Those who think they know scriptures, those who think they know how to run church, those who think they know everything about this faith, they don't know anything. They don't know anything. If not successfully run a house fellowship, you want to run a church. You created a WhatsApp group, started with 50. People are removing themselves one by one. And you say you want to come and run church. That's WhatsApp group. Family meeting, your family. Daddy, father, mother, daughter, sister, everybody. Everything you say there does not make sense. He said they, they, they have unhealthy interest. They, they, they understand nothing. They have unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels. You just like controversy. You just like making things complex, difficult, for no reason. Unhealthy interests, controversies, quarrels among words that result in envy. When your words always result in envy, watch yourself. Watch yourself. Every time you spill something, it just causes people just envy you. Oh, you envy people. It causes strife, malicious talk. A meeting ended in church and it continued in your house. A matter was discussed in church. You went, you twisted the entire thing. Evil suspicions. Verse 5. Verse 5. And constant friction between people of corrupt mind. So you're writing some things, but now you're dealing with people who are corrupt. People who don't understand the system. Who have been robbed of the truth. Those are the people you easily make to stumble. They've been robbed of the truth initially. Now you're making matters worse. Who think that godliness is a means to what? To financial The only reason why you guys are doing so much in THN church is the pastor you're helping. You're not helping yourself. You're not yourself. That's their thought. That's their thought. Who argues in a bank? That you have to, what time do they resume at the bank? I think as early as seven. Huh? I said at seven or eight. Seven. So you're arguing in church. Say, hey, hey, the church should resume at eight. That's why I didn't join the workforce. It's too, it's too early. It's too early. Church is not supposed to, church is supposed to be two hours. It's supposed to be one hour. Calm down. Verse six. But godliness with what? Contentment is what? Verse 7. I'm going somewhere. You see. For we brought nothing into this world. And you will take nothing out of it. Whatever they buried you with will not pass that grave. 
because your body goes here to this earth it's your spirit that goes on verse 8 for if we have food and clothing we'll be content with that we'll be content with that verse 9 those who want to get rich fall into temptation another word for that rich is that those who want to be relevant at all costs you want people to respect you at all costs you want people to know that you are so principled at all costs you want people to know that you don't take nonsense at all costs you will fall into temptation because now you'll be building your own team you'll be building your own clique you'll be building your own friendship you'll be segregating yourself from a whole bunch of things so you fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires and that's what plays out in church I've been in church all my life people make foolish decisions why did you stop going to the church? the pastor side is always giving me attitude why did you stop going to church? that guy that sings that leads worship that pastor is always falling under the anointing if only they know what that guy did to my sister two years ago And you're not begging your sister, you must follow me to church today. I'm sure it's that guy that will lead. So once he's leading, change it for him when you're sitting down. Give him a bad eyes. Do like this to him when he's leading. If that happens here, I will encourage the person leading worship to be wearing shade. So he's not even seeing you. I grew up in redeemed. Those were funny things I saw. Funny things I saw. Thank God it doesn't happen here in THN church. Fighting over a plate of rice. Because you did that you're doing church. They didn't give you rice. So when they are gathering committee, they now say, okay, let's pick Brother John to head this committee. Say, no, no, don't pick Brother John. Last year anniversary, he didn't do well. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen all kinds of things in church. Desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Verse 10. Verse 10. Verse 10. He says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. Another word for money there is the, the love of, of, of your gain. What comes to you. I've told people in this house, you can't buy respect, you earn it. You can't twist authority, you must bow to it. You can't twist authority. It's the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money. They have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with so many griefs. So you think you are hurting someone, but you are hurting yourself. Because no matter what you do to any authority, you can't take the power they have. Did you hear what I just said? No matter what you do to any authority, you can't take the power that they have. Verse 11. Verse 11. But you, man of God, flee from what? Are you a man of God? Yes, you are. You're a believer. Flee from all these things and pursue what? What next? What next? What next? What next? And what next? Verse 12. Watch this. Verse 12. And do what? Say that part loud. It's worth fighting for. You won't get me to stumble. As much as I will not watch you to stumble, we'll fight for this faith. We'll fight for this faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you are called. And when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses, somebody say, Fight the good fight of faith. Stop your neighbor, say, Fight the good fight of faith. 
What does it mean? Cherish the capacity of God in you. No matter what is done to you. No matter what you're passing through. Cherish the capacity of God in you. Faith is not self-gain. Faith is not what? It's not self-gain, but righteous gain. Faith is not self-gain, but what? Righteous gain. Faith is not self-what? It is righteous living. No matter what anybody does to you in church, what's your response? You are fighting the what? The good fight. Of what? Of faith. I appeal to you this morning that faith has checks and balance. So you think you're standing. That's why the Bible says, let he that think is stand. Take heed. Let's say what? Let's say four. You think you're standing. You think you know you're right. And like I said to somebody in the course of this week, I said, what's the right you have in this faith? You are saved by grace. It's a gift. So now you are in a household of faith where it's combinations of different faith. What's your right? I beg of you in the name of the Lord. I beg of you in the name of the Lord. Some of you might need to go and trash that old Bible you've been reading and embrace a new one. Because you've been running this faith on a very deadly scale. Very deadly scale. You still want to be like your fathers and mothers that left church because of what someone did to them, that spoke against authority, antagonized authority, argued with leaders, spoke against men and prophets of God, belittled standard, created their own standard. We already know that the gate of hell cannot prevail over the church. So you can't create church inside church. You can't. Can. The highest thing that can bring a church down is the gate of hell. So you creating your own church inside church. One will have to get destroyed. For the other one to stand. I beg of you. Fight this good fight of faith. Faith is not just you just want to receive. You want to receive from God. That's not all what your faith was given to you for. What's the principal assignment of faith? So that you can do what? Please God. Your neighbor by the shoulder, say, Please God. Tap by the shoulder with confidence, say, Please God. That's, that's what your faith is for. That's what your faith is for. Say, so I, I have faith so that the Lord might supply my needs. That's not what you are giving faith for. It says, Without faith, it's impossible. What, what, what is all this journey on earth when God is not pleased with you? Can I ask that question one more time? What is all your journey? All the arguments you had in church. All the, the gang up. Everything you did. All the shakara. And God is not pleased with you. I've heard the story of somebody who left the church before. And the Lord told him. I planted you there. I have not yet uprooted you. But when you uproot yourself, you will not grow. You can't find out a plant that is uprooted prematurely. What happens? It's dead. It's dead. It's dead. And sometimes people say they are coming to church because of just miracles. If only they know that the church is not the place for miracles. Miracles are on the streets. The church is a place for growth. So if you can't grow in the church, I don't know where else you will grow. Are you hearing me this morning? If you can't grow in church, probably you go in the grave. Where else do you want to grow? 
You want the world to teach you? Friendship with the world is what? It's enmity with God. It's the only place where you can go. The household of faith. The household of faith. There's nothing for you want to combat the world with. It's right in your scriptures. Check your faith. Check your faith. Hold your neighbor by the hand and say, check your faith. Say, check your faith. Check your faith. You've probably been using it for the wrong thing. Use it for the wrong thing. If you're in a house, even if your pastor is a dwarf, he's an authority. If he's a dwarf, he's an authority. One of you here, touch no man, nothing I do, my prophet, no harm. You think it's physical. He's talking about the minds. Talking about the mind, talking about what you think, talking about what you see. Are there men of God that has hurt me before? Yes. Do I speak evil about them? No. Do I know some of the things they do that are wrong? Yes. Do I publish it? No. Do I use it against them? No. They are men. They are men. They are not always perfect. They're always perfect. Just like the day a fool hacks the teenager's department in a redeemed church. See how do pastors give birth? Do their children fall down from heaven? And they replied, the same way you were born, the same way the pastors who have children. Check your faith. Did you hear what I just said? Check your what? Your faith. If it's your eyes. That will make you go into destruction. What did the Bible say? Talk it out. I beg you. He said, but the Lord sent her my way. She's, she's, my, she's my friend, my other brother, my other sister. We've been going together. He was there for me in my trying moment. He was the one that led me. To, the person can lead you to Christ can lead you to hell. The same person that led you to Christ can lead you to hell. There's a great man of God that goes about saying the conqueror, the emperor, the champion is here. Do you know how many people he has led? Do you know how many he has misled? Do you know how many people he has misled? But when he started, it was not like that. 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 Have we seen fathers of faith come back to tell you that this thing they've always told you is wrong? This is the new part. Yes, it takes humility. So having that ideology that no, he's my covenant brother, he's my covenant sister, he, he can't watch me go down. Someone that is not even sure of his standing. It's like carrying somebody and climbing a staircase and both of you are tiptoeing. You will fall. Fall. Be on your feet this morning. We believe you have been blessed by this audio podcast and we never like to close without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart today, and I am making you the Lord of my life. Amen. Congrats. You are now a child of God. Thank you for listening and downloading Tamiwa Oluen Podcast. We want to take over nations for Christ. Partner with us today by visiting www.heavennation.org forward slash donate. Kindly subscribe to get update of new messages and share with your friends and families. We love you and we celebrate you.